Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 23 through 27. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words, but Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier, easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus, said, look at, Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. Word of God to the people of God. I want to welcome everyone to Good Shepherd United Methodist Church again this morning, whether you're worshiping here in the house with us or, or worshiping online. We are all part of the Good Shepherd family, and we want to take a moment this morning to wave to each other, to wave to those who are online, to let them know that uh, everyone is a part of the family. If it's your first time with us this morning, welcome to the family. You are now a part of us. Um, if you see a face that you don't recognize or someone you haven't seen in a while, be sure to give them a good warm good shepherd welcome if you're online don't forget to comment so that we know that you're here and if you're here it's fine to shout out in the house uh, we love hearing for you from you i'm pastor regina and i'm looking forward to spending some time together this morning as we continue looking at how we as disciples of christ are called to live missionally we are hopefully spending some time with that phrase that we've been talking about now for weeks as a father sent me, so I am sending you. We're beginning to understand that all of us are sent by God to live a missionally minded life. Last week you were challenged to find a third place. Did any, were any of you able to find that third place? Did you spend some time in that third place? I hope you observed how these places encourage community and personal connection. I'm interested in hearing from you about about your third places and maybe the experiences that you had or, or things that you found out this week and what you discovered as you spent some time there. In our Serving as Disciples series, we are beginning to better understand that we are sent into the world to serve others and to build relationships. We are discovering that to accomplish this goal, we must have a mindset of living missionally rather than simply doing mission. We are challenged that, that this action may require us to change our approaches a little bit. Last week we heard how to become a sent person. We learned that as God moved into the neighborhood in the person of Jesus, God met folks where they were on their life journeys. Jesus came to live among us with a specific mission in mind, to preach the gospel, to die for our sins, and to rise again so that he could intercede for us. Jesus' posture of sentness put him in proximity and presence with each person he encountered, and their lives were changed. Christians are called to embody this same sent posture and to be in proximity and presence in places where we can build relationships. Today we will search for ways to, to use our missional imagination to make a difference in this world. We will discover that the impossible in our world 
is fully possible with God that we are the ones who see limitations. God can imagine the possibilities. We're all familiar with the Lord's Prayer. We just sang it a few minutes ago. And we, for some of us, this prayer is so familiar that it becomes automatic and we forget the meanings of the words that we pray. I'm going to pray this prayer using words found in the message translation from Matthew 6, 10 through 13. And as I do this, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to visualize each word. Consider ways that this translation offers new insight into the meaning of the prayer for you. Ponder the meaning of the phrase, set the world right, and what it means for you. Let's pray this prayer. Our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Send the world, set the world right. Do what's best, as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You are in charge. You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Hearing this familiar prayer in a vastly different way may be uncomfortable for some of you. I hope that hearing it differently and by visualizing the words, you were able to see new meaning and were able to use your imagination to gain a greater understanding of this often routine prayer given to us by God for God's disciples through Jesus. This morning, think of a situation when you, when you may have had to change your way of doing things. One of the obvious ways that we do is the use of the telephone. Some of you may remember picking up a phone's speaker from the wall unit and speaking to the operator with the, trying to find the person that you were calling. This was done by raising the earpiece and speaking into the receiver that was connected to a wall unit. The number for my grandfather's record service was four. No other number, just four. You could also ask where Herman Hall was, and the operator magically knew how to get in touch with him. You may have even had a party line with where a certain number or pattern of rings determined where, whether or not the phone call was for you or for your neighbor. Now, nothing prevented you from listening to your neighbor's conversation except common decency and respect. My grandparents had a party line, and it was difficult for me to understand why sometimes they ignored the phone and a ring, uh, the ringing phone, and sometimes they picked it up. Then there were the phones on the wall with a cord and a receiver that had rotary dials to dial the party you were calling. These phones evolved to desk models, slim lines, push buttons, and various other conveniences. Now all we have to do is touch numbers or speak names. Our phones take pictures, receive emails, send texts, and a host of other tasks that make our life more productive and better. Or maybe not so much. We have, as our phones have evolved, we have evolved and changed over time and developed new ways to understand communication that for, our, for the grandparents of my generation was beyond imagination. Doing things in different ways can have a profound effect on us 
if we are open to change and willing to try other things that we are commonly used to doing. Here's the game for today. I have four volunteers that I've, I've wrangled into playing with this bag. I promise there's nothing gross or scary. What each of you are going to do is to reach into the bag. See, nothing's eating me up or anything. And you're, you're going to finger the things that are in here. Don't take the object out of the bag. I just want you to think about what objects are there. And then I'm going to have you describe one of the objects. Don't look. There's several things in here. (laughs) See, nothing gross, right? (laughs) So they say. Not for Dan. I'm loving the faces that they're making. Okay, now think about one item that you that you found in there and describe it. Turn around so that they can see you. You may have to speak up so that they can hear you. I believe it was a Don't tell them what it is. Just um, yeah, describe. just describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Chris, what did you find in there? Okay. (laughs) It didn't bite though, did it? Okay, how was identifying this object manually like or unlike your preferred way of understanding the world around you? How was it? How was feeling it? How do we normally determine things around us? With sight, right? So, how was doing what you did different from being able to see it? Which was easier? Seeing it. Okay. All right. So, now, tell us what you think the object was, Shelly. Summer sausage. Summer sausage? Some kind of card? No, no, ear of corn. Ear corn? Corn. Okay. It was an ear of corn. Y'all go ahead and sit down now. There was an ear of corn in there. There were seed packets. There's a coin. Uh, There's a sheep. There's, uh, not not a real sheep, a toy sheep. There's a toy fish in there. So there are all kinds of different objects. But over time, what we have done is developed our preferred method for understanding the world around us. Vision is that dominant sense that people use to derive meaning and to interpret experiences. If we see it, we believe it. Throughout the Gospels, though, Jesus challenges our way of seeing. He invites us to see the world as God sees it and to develop a missional imagination in order to see God's possibilities everywhere. Let's 
our, our friends identified these objects, and each of them represents something that Jesus used to teach us the kingdom principles throughout the power of missional imagination. A missional imagination can take a simple mustard seed, a handful of seeds, a coin, a lump of bread, a fish, or a lamp on a stand, and transform it into a vision of an entire new reality. In our scripture reading today, the disciples are perplexed. They're perplexed because Jesus is talking about a world of impossibility becoming possible. Jesus uses a seemingly ridiculous image of a camel going through the eye of a needle to demonstrate what God can make possible. Jesus was always challenging the thinking of the disciples and stretching their imagination to see things differently, to let go of the way things had always been done, particularly if they no longer applied or worked in this new kingdom. Through parables, Jesus invites us to imagine the kingdom of God. He challenges us to consider an alternative reality, a transformed world beyond our imagination, but one apparent in His. Jesus invites us to see God's possibilities everywhere. Through the parables and object lessons, Jesus taught us many reversals of common beliefs that seemed impossible in the first century. In Luke 13, he teaches us that the least important among us will become the important ones, and, and some who are great now will become the least important. Jesus also taught his disciples that the poor are blessed, for the kingdom of God belongs to them. In Luke 12:15, Jesus says, Beware. Guard against any kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. All of these statements by Jesus were contrary to the way of life in the first century and to those first listeners. They sounded too good to be true and beyond imagination. If we listen closely this morning and measure these statements by our own histories, they may even sound a bit far-fetched for some of us. These statements challenge our intellect, creating dissonance between what we know and what is possible. Jesus' mind-boggling teachings continue throughout the parables about the kingdom of God. In God's kingdom, all people are welcome. There's no place for racism. There's no place for classism. There's no place for hate. There's no place for gun violence. There's no place for evil. These facts were beyond the imagination of the first century. They seemed beyond the imagination during times of our history. But these statements should not be beyond our imagination today. As Christians, we should step up and speak out and let God's unconditional love reign <coughs> in our actions and in our words. Only love will conquer hate. Only Jesus can transform and save us from ourselves. There are four parables that I want to, to mention today that challenge away our way of thinking and help us see life and others differently. The parable of the Pharisees and the tax collector, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast, and the parable of the rich fool all have lessons to teach us that reverse the common thought and practices of the day, even in our own culture. 
The parable of the Pharisees and the tax collector teaches us not to think so highly of ourselves. It's not position or wealth that make us important. It's a humble heart and acknowledge a humble heart where we can acknowledge our shortcomings and seek to serve God with everything we have. God hears the prayers of the least of us and forgives, not based on who we are or what we do, but because of God's willingness and our willingness to be unpretentious. The parable of the lost sheep teaches us that God cares for the lost sinner, the outcast, and the one and and one that does not even know he or she is lost. God will pursue the lost one and allow the community of faith to care for each other while God does the searching. It does not mean that God will leave the flock alone, but that we are to be strong in numbers and support each other as we wait for lost souls to return. When we're together again, we are to rejoice and to give praise to God for protection, attention, and concern. The parable of the mustard seed and the yeast enables us to discover that even a little faith can do great things. Just as that small seed becomes a huge bush or a peach of yeast makes the dough rise. It is faith that strengthens our relationships and builds character. It is faith that carries us through hard times that we don't know how we can make it through. It is faith that enables us to move forward when staying comfortable as easier choices, when sometimes it's easier to stay comfortable. The parable of the rich fool teaches us that that bigger is not always better and that greed causes us to, to lose focus of what is important. It demonstrates for us that our days are numbered and we only have the present in which to make a difference. These four parables enable us to explore a richer, deeper truth beyond that understanding provided by personal experience. They force us to imagine the answer to what if. They cause us to see differently and to develop our missional imagination. When we take ordinary, familiar circumstances and are asked to imagine the possibilities that new connections and out-of-the-box thinking could provide, we see new creations and, and pathways that have, we've never seen before or that could have ever been imagined. There may be missional possibilities all around us if we use our missional imaginations. Using our missional imaginations invite us to stay alert for the image of God and God's mission in our everyday lives. Can we see the image of God in the faces of the cashier who checks us out as well as the driver who zipped in front of us to got our parking spot? Can we see the image of God in familiar folks who stand on the highways or entrance ramps or sit in wheelchairs trying to eke out a living to provide themselves enough income for their next meal or to keep a roof over their head? Can we see the image of God in the person whose groceries are rolling down the parking lot, falling out of their torn bag, or the parent with the screaming child trying to to open the door to a business? Can we see the image of God moving among the lonely, forgotten, and marginalized in our community? or even in the faces of those who look like they have it all together but are broken inside in ways that we cannot see. 
God calls us to join in meeting the needs and offering unconditional love and acceptance to individuals and circumstances we encounter in our everyday lives, not just in situations that scream for assistance and compassion. In their book, Introducing a Missional Church, Alan Roxburgh and Scott Boren write, The missional imagination turns most of our church practices on their head. It invites us to turn toward our neighborhoods and communities, listening for what is happening among people and learning to ask different questions about what God is up to in the neighborhood. Rather than the primary question being, how do we attract people to what we're doing, it becomes, what is God up to in the neighborhood? And what are the ways we need to change in order to engage the people in our community who no longer consider church as a part of their lives? These are difficult questions to answer, particularly if we're not willing to respond to the answers that we find. Good Shepherd UMC is, is ready and willing to make necessary changes. We must simply get out, of, out into the community and seek to find what the community really needs. Our leadership is actively working to discern our next steps. Throughout the Gospels, Jesus challenges us and challenges the status quo. He introduced a new way of thinking and imagining and living People are hungry for a fresh approach because the old way had become burdensome and impossible to live up to. Practices within the Big C Church are are ripe for challenge and common practices have ceased to work. We must be ready for God to offer new ways of seeing possibilities and be willing to move forward when outdated practices are turned upside down. I want you to think back to your third places from last week. I want you to go back to your third place and listen to what is happening among the people. Stay there for at least 30 minutes. Ask yourself, what is God up to in this place? Where do I see God's possibilities around me? Then ask yourself the tough question from Roxburgh and Boren. What are the ways I need to change in order to engage the people in my neighborhood who no longer consider church as a part of their lives. Before you leave your third place, I want you to pick up an object that symbolizes what God is up to there. Take a picture of it if if it's something that you shouldn't take with you. I'm not trying to encourage theft here. Carry this object with you for one week. When you see it or touch it, pray for ways that you saw God at work. Pray for ways that you can join God in the work that God is doing. Being sent to serve is not just hearing a nice sermon and agreeing with the points that are made. Being sent to serve is about being willing to step beyond the comfort zones and doing something that engages ourselves in the community in which we live, work, and play. As Good Shepherd United Methodist Church moves forward in in discerning our big dreams, we must step out of our comfort zones and engage within our community, looking for its authentic needs, not simply for the needs that we perceive our community to have. God wants us to see missional possibilities everywhere. 
St. Francis of Assisi offers us sound advice as we take our first step in missional living. Start by doing what is necessary, then by doing what is possible, and suddenly you're doing the impossible. We can open ourselves to God's imagination and possibilities in our world. We can develop a missional imagination when we develop the eyes of Christ in our neighborhood. When we develop a missional lens, we see the world as God's world of possibility. May God help us do what is necessary to see the world as God does. May we be guided to do what is possible. And may we find the impossible with God's strength and accomplish the unachievable. As we come to communion this morning, I want us to think about those third third places. I want us to think about what God is doing. I want us to think about how we can engage with our community and with God. And then as we spend time at the altar, I want us to just listen to what God is telling us. As we come, to, as we come this morning, we, we remember that we're all invited. It doesn't matter what we've done, who we are, how much money we make, what car we drive. All of us are invited to God's table. Not the United Methodist table, not Good Shepherd's table, but to Christ's table as we are invited to partake. We also remember that night when Jesus went to the Passover meal, sat down with his disciples, and he changed the script. He let them see things differently. He let them hear things differently. Things that they had been doing all of their life at every Passover from the time they were little. And he took that bread and he did something different. He blessed the bread. He broke the bread. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. And then he really set things on a different path when he took that last cup of blessing and he said, This is the covenant, a symbol of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Holy God, in remembrance of these mighty acts that you took simple bread and simple wine, and made them be for us the body and blood, that it may dwell in us, that we may take you into the world. Pour out your Spirit, Lord, on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine, and help us to know and to feel your presence among us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Those who are assisting me would come forward, please.
we will serve by intention this morning. They'll take a piece of bread, hand it to you, and dip it in the cup. If you're not comfortable with uh, intention, we have single-serve options, and we do have gluten-free options available. All are invited. Let us come.
as we go from this place, may we go looking with the eyes of Christ so that we may see God's image in others. Go in peace. Amen.